This is Pursuing Wholeness. listening to this podcast thank you so much for tuning in it is our absolute pleasure to be with you today i am veronica one of your co-hosts and i'm here with hey what's going on y'all showing one of our other our other co-hosts and we are here for another saturday recording of the pursuing wholeness podcast i pray that all is well with everyone listening it's a new day it's just, I mean, I guess it's a day. It's not necessarily new, but it's a day. It is the day the Lord has made, and we should rejoice and be glad in it. And that's something that I think we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis, that it's not that the day is always going to be the way we want it to be, and we we don't just sit around and see what's going to happen. A lot of times we have to kind of just take things into our own hands and say, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to be grateful for this for this day. Regardless of what happens, regardless of what has happened, I'm grateful for this day and I'm going to make the most out of it. So just want to encourage y'all on that today. Had a good day today. Uh, we started out with our daughter's soccer game and, um, you know, it's, it's always fun to see them running around, not necessarily doing what you think they should be doing on the on the field, but... Um, we did have a moment where our, our daughter did a, somebody passed her the ball and I don't think she was even expecting it. I think she was kind of, she, I don't know why today she was humming this song. Like you could just see her lips moving while she's on the field. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I don't know if she hums a song every time, but you know, our child will be our child. She's often kind of thinking about other things and. You know, kind of in her own world and whatnot. Yeah, so. you can see her little lips moving, pop, 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 or whatever she was doing. And somebody kicked the ball to her, and it's like she kind of popped out of it and went ahead and took it to the to the um, was it a goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, took it to the goal, and mm-hmm. it was a real good shot. So, um, mm-hmm. but she was totally like not focused at that moment, but everything worked out. But yeah, we started out doing that today and. Just kind of had relaxed. They actually took a two-hour nap, which is not something that I do often at all. Like, I don't usually take a nap. But um, I took one today because I was very tired and I had a headache. And I know it was because I didn't drink coffee this morning or yesterday. But instead of trying to get some caffeine in me, I decided that I would just sleep mm. and just let my body do what it's supposed to do. And I woke up from my two-hour nap, and I felt real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. you don't necessarily need caffeine to, you know, I don't know. That's the whole reason, though, why I don't really drink coffee every day. 
because I, I despise having those headaches. So, you know, I like coughing, you know, but I can't do it. That stuff hurts. But and and I don't really nap like I, I would like to. But a lot of times, you know, just so on so much, you know, with other things and responsibilities that whenever stuff is more calm, I usually opt to kind of like take the time to kind of, you know, try to work on some of Sean's stuff. So maybe I should nap, but I don't. But thankfully, I didn't really have that big of a headache today. So It was hard for me to make that decision to nap. I would have rather read or even work in the garden. Like, I've, I've been trying to get out there as much as possible. But I was like, I need to just sleep, not try to push through. And I, I, I don't know. We, we are always just pushing through as people. And, and it's not good for us. I guess that's kind of what we are going to talk about today. Um, so I guess I just jump right on in with it. Yeah, go ahead. I, um, I just been just kind of thinking about some of the recommendations that when you think about health, so we're going to talk about health today, like our physical health, mental, mental health is related in there as well. But just kind of, when you look at the recommendations for what kind of, food you should eat and how many fruits and vegetables you should eat, how much exercise you should get, um, how much sleep you should get. Sometimes I just, when I think about that and I think about what we actually do, it's a wonder that we're still living <laughs> as people like that. We're still able to function and be alive because like for me, I consider myself a relatively healthy person. But when I look at how much fruits and vegetables I eat on a daily basis and how much sleep I get and how much exercise, it's kind of it's kind of scary sometimes to think, like, how am I even functioning if I'm not meeting these basic health requirements? And these requirements are, like, so generous. Like, it's not like for optimal health, you need to eat this many servings of vegetables or this many servings of fruit. It's kind of like for a, a baseline, how to survive day to day. This is how many servings of fruit and vegetables you're supposed to eat. And we still don't even get that. You talking about USDA stuff? Yeah, I guess like USDA. I wasn't trying to call nobody out, but oh. but yeah, like I guess like USDA or like whoever comes up with like the food pyramid. We don't even get those basic servings. Like I guess it's like, I don't know what it is now, but last I looked, which was probably a few years ago, it was like six to 11 servings of of whole grains and three to five servings of fruit and three to five servings of vegetables. Four and, to six of vegetables. Oh, four to six of vegetables. And maybe a serving is like a half a cup or a cup of vegetables. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But it's like, when the last time you ate even a cup of vegetables in a day? It's just like, like so, a serving is not one piece of broccoli. Right. So hold on. So you're saying you don't think that you even do like that, like a serving of vegetables a day? I mean, I usually would get at least one serving of vegetables, but there are some days where I probably can squeak by without getting a serving. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Veronica often does not give herself credit because, um, and I, you know, I mean, I understand, but, you know, we have to, you know, we do have to kind of put things in a little bit of context because, because Veronica, like I said, she doesn't give herself credit. So a lot of times, she, she's very much of an all or nothing kind of person. 
if she's not doing it totally according to, you know, her high standards, you know, which is good to have high standards about health, but if she's not doing it according to those and she gives herself no credit at all. So I do want to put that in there. Um, I mean, I, I, I was kind of like generally saying like people in general, not just me, even though with me sometimes I still wonder, like yesterday I had a salad. If I didn't have that salad, that that's the only vegetables I had. Hmm. One serving of, well, I guess one salad, which probably had like three to four servings of vegetables in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, I really don't know. I can't remember what the serving sizes are and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, so you you didn't have like a smoothie or anything like that in the morning? or I mean, of course, it's mm-hmm. not vegetables. Yeah, I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. I mean, like, so most days I probably do get at least bare minimums, but I think a lot of times I might not even get the minimum. Like, when I think about the fact that um I got a Fitbit, well, I already had a Fitbit. I had it for two years. Let me just go and tell this story. So, um... The other day, well, I guess about a, a week or two ago, a friend of mine was like, hey, like, let's hold each other accountable. Do you have a Fitbit? We can, like, you know, kind of see how we're doing with getting our physical activity in. And so I was like, yeah, I don't have a Fitbit, but I'll um, I think about getting one. And so I was, like, looking them up and pricing them and almost bought one. And then finally, like, one day I was just like, Lord, I want a Fitbit, but I don't want to pay for one. And so that was that. The next morning, y'all, I was looking for some fingernail clippers. So I was, like, looking in all the drawers and things, like, just, you know, drawers that I hadn't opened and looked through in a long time. And lo and behold, what I pull out? A Fitbit. After looking for the fingernail clippers, which I never found, I found the Fitbit. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it was the day after I was like, Lord, I would like a Fitbit, but I don't want to pay for it. And it turns out that um, about three years ago, I was trying to find something to track my heart rate. And um, my mother-in-law was like, this this thing, might, this Fitbit might help you with that. It might have something. It turned out that it didn't, but it just said I just put it in a drawer and ended up getting something else to help check my heart rate. Um, and it sat there for I don't know how long, <laughs> and I just forgot that I even had it. And um, just ran across it. So I just wanted to kind of insert that little praise report. It's not a huge thing, but to me, it's kind of major. It's like the thing was in my drawer for three years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted one. And I found <clears> it the <throat> day after I expressed my desire for one. So um, just want to put that out there. You know, faith. Speak those those faith words. And, 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 and it'll come to you. <laughs> it'll mm-hmm. come. But anyway, going back to the whole Fitbit thing. So... Found the Fitbit, got it going, got it synced up to my phone. And I've been doing it now for like three or four days. And it's it's very like eye-opening because they recommend 10,000 steps for like a, a baseline health. Like that's the optimal, like not optimal, but that's what they're saying. Like, you know, to have baseline health, we recommend 10,000 steps a day. Maybe the American Heart Association or somebody. And it's hard to get those 10,000 steps. Like... When you, like a day where I'm just like doing my normal stuff, I'm way, way under. But for the past couple days or so, I've been like actually being intentional to try to get my steps in. And I still am under. Like I'm not way under, but I'm still like two or 3,000 steps under 
was recommended. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I guess, like, the thing is for me is thinking about health. And a lot of times we think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. I'm doing pretty good. But then when you actually track what you're doing, you might be surprised. Like, I thought that I ate a lot of vegetables and I realized that I went a whole day and I only ate a serving of broccoli with my meal. Like, we don't realize that we we probably overestimate or over, um, yeah, I guess overestimate the amount of food we eat, the amount of healthy food we eat, the amount of exercise we get, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the main thing. So it's like just kind of like, man, how in the world are we even thriving like we are, like with not getting those basics in? And mm-hmm. imagine, I guess the other thing is imagine what, our health would look like if we got at least those minimums and then if we even went above and beyond what would our health look like as individuals and as a society Hmm. yeah i really feel like the only way um now i've actually been talking about some of this metric stuff on my on my podcast your health at the crossroads recently um I've actually been talking about the other side of metrics, like how sometimes metrics can actually not be as good whenever they're used incorrectly. But um, I won't go into that right now. But um, I guess the thing is, the only way that we would, wouldn't even necessarily have to think about stuff like steps and this and that is if we already, if our lifestyles were just totally different, if we lived in a different kind of society where everybody had to be active. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the infrastructure, societal infrastructure, was not just made for cars and you know, you know, automobile transportation and whatnot, where we had to kind of get around on foot, you mm. know, to go to the grocery store or to go, um, you know, wherever. Even you know. a bike or something. Right, right, and I, I actually have thought off and on about even riding my bike to our grocery store, which is relatively local. It's very close. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it's it's just, it's dangerous. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could I could do it, you know. People, I see people riding their bikes through there, but it's yeah. treacherous to me. Yeah, I just don't, um, you know, you just kind of think about, like, we have a, a, a particular road actually right beside the grocery store where they put those, um, speed detectors because that particular road is one where the speed limit is 25 but people i heard about somebody clocking like way above way above 50 or something i remember reading stories about that more than once which is why they put those there so you know that kind of stuff just makes me a little bit nervous but if if only you know society was shaped different then that would be automatic and like 10,000 steps a day would be absolutely nothing. Right. Like if we had our society built around exercise and fitness, mm-hmm. cause there's a lot of things that we do. Like the other day I was working and I was getting a little bit stressed, not stressed, but I was just like, I need a break. And so I was like, I'm gonna just go to the post office. And then I drove and I was like, it's kind of okay, but it's a little stressful driving down this road and there's so much traffic and I can't really keep my window open because all the exhaust from these vehicles, like it wasn't, it wasn't a relaxing thing. Then I thought, man, like if I had just gone and worked in the garden or walked around the block, I would have actually felt relieved and I would have gotten my steps in. 
And then I thought, like, the post office ain't that far. I mean, it's far enough to, like, it's not right up the road. But, you know, in another time, maybe just ride my bike to the post office. It would be like a, it would be a good part of my <laughs> my day. But, um, I don't know. I, I just, I do wish that, um, that society was just naturally set up for us to get more exercise. Like if we had more sidewalks and I know that there are a lot of people like bike walk making they're they're really trying to push um, for more accessible roads for, for pedestrians and bike riders. But it's, it's really unfortunate that we've set everything up for driving because there's, I mean, everything like you talk about a lot, like stuff like yard work and how we, we get riding lawnmowers instead of just pushing that thing around and how much exercise we would get. Like I know my dad, he, um, he started doing his yard again. He had, he was hiring somebody, but he started back doing his yard again so he can get his steps in. And, um, he was like, yeah, I got most of my steps in from mowing the lawn. So I ain't going to walk today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe he still could walk just to add on. But, um, but yeah, you get a lot of exercise just by doing normal stuff, but we try to outsource that as much as possible, or we try to, um, like find an easier way to do it. It doesn't require physical labor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, again, you know, it's just like the way that, the way that society has kind of shaped up, you know, it's just that it's not really conducive to it's only really conducive to like just the way that we we work you know we travel um you know we need you know, quote need cars and all this kind of stuff to travel long distances to work and whatnot you know but now i mean it don't matter it don't matter the distance you know um just again the way that we make our roads and different things like that you know we'll ride we'll ride you know you know a quarter mile up the street in a car and burn the gas to kind of do that and we you know we're just very much of a convenienced out society and we're used to convenience everywhere you know everywhere every aspect of our lives and whatnot and so like you know you know i like i do like some things being easier i'm grateful for you know, you know, some of our conveniences and whatnot, but like truth be told, they really are kind of like impeding us from being able to take care of these physical bodies. Cause it's like the way that society's made or the way that it's shaped is just not good for our health. It's not, it just isn't, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just a fact. It's not, it's not, it's not good for health because you're supposed to move. You're supposed to, you know, I think about all the, fast food restaurants we have over here um on yeah. our side of town it's so hard it's like, to find something healthy over here yeah in our particular part of town you know you go out and there's no there's pretty much no um healthy um restaurant around here none it's either you know i mean we got a ton of fried chicken places here we got a lot of burger places you know and um you know i mean that's that's pretty much it you know i mean i guess we got a couple of fried fish places too so you know it's not really anything here you got to drive up uptown but you know <clears throat> i don't know it just it's something that i've actually been thinking about a whole lot recently just how 
how much convenience has kind of messed us up. And so we don't even really, and we don't know it. We don't really, in a, in a more general sense, we really don't even fully understand the extent to which conveniences have like messed up our health and our perception of health and, you know, how we take care of our bodies. We don't know how to, you know, right. we kind of, you know, we think about everything. That's where I kind of started to get into the, um, the bad effects of metrics. Cause with everything, you know, we only look at carbs and, and calories, you know, we, you know, we look on those, um, nutrition facts and kind of look at those metrics and we think, well, if this doesn't have X amount of sugar, X amount of carbs and calories, then I'm good. We don't really think about, you know, eating natural fruits and vegetables or we don't think about, um, you know, really practical kind of stuff like that. So I don't know. We're in, I think we're in real bad shape. Yeah. I think it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, how as a society, for some reason, we throw away the wisdom of the past and fully embrace the technology and the science of the present, but not realizing that we would be better off if we embraced those, that wisdom of the past and, you know, did the technology and science, like to, to do technology and science through the lens perhaps of traditional wisdom, it's like we would be so much better off if we did that. If we said, instead of being like, somebody has diabetes, let me give them a pill. Mm -hmm. We can say, okay, you're in a crisis mode, so I'm gonna give you a pill now, but we're gonna immediately change your diet. We're gonna change it drastically. We're gonna make sure that you do everything, that you have everything you need to change this diet. And then we're going to wean you off of this medicine as soon as possible. Like we, we just go straight for the medicine. We go straight for the surgery. We go straight for whatever is like the quick fix instead of like saying there, you know, humans have been living for thousands of years. Something was keeping them alive before science and technology advanced to the point that it is now. So can we borrow some of that? What were they eating? What did they do when someone had an infection? Or what did they do when someone was deficient in this nutrient? Like I was thinking, today I was talking to a friend about um, how, like she was saying that when women are low in iron early in their pregnancies, it can have implications in the future. And when they're like about to give birth, even if they don't really feel different or whatnot, it's like it just having that iron deficiency can have a huge impact in the later part of the pregnancy. And I'm just like, well, what did people do before they had prenatal vitamins? Hmm. I know that some women did die in childbirth, but the majority of women didn't or else we wouldn't be here. So like, what did we do before we had prenatal vitamins before we had um, all of these blood, this blood work and these checks, which I think are good. You know, we, 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 we take what we have, you know, whatever they did before we need to know what they did and perhaps do it, but then also do the blood work and, and do the checks and things to see if something's wrong. Like we need to couple those together instead of just being like, Oh, women just now started having babies. We don't know what to do. Let's just get them this new thing. Like they've been having, we've been having babies for a long time. There were some things that people were doing to keep their iron levels at a good place, to make sure they had all the nutrients they needed 
to be prepared for childbirth. But we don't even consider that and figure and try to think what did they do? Because I, I, I think like, um, and I, I'm just going to give a shout out to our friend Catherine Sylvester because she's doing a lot of work to, to with um, a, a team to improve outcomes for women in childbirth. And I, I think it's just so needed what she's doing. Um, but the question that I have a lot of times when I hear about these high maternal death rates, especially in the South, um, and then for black women, I'm like, what is going on? Well, it's preeclampsia. It's, um, it's, I don't know. I'm not even trying to point out all the different things, but there's a lot of different health issues that people point to as being the reason for women having these higher mortality rates. But I'm like, those are medical conditions. What led to those conditions? It's not that these women's bodies are broken. Oh, well, black women are at higher risk of death during childbirth. Why? What is wrong? What's missing? Women, you know, black women haven't always been in this place. So what is it that's causing it now? And I, I just think as a society, we have to do a better job at looking is to see like what's really going on mm. and look at some of the lessons we've learned in the past and apply them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was something that you said kind of made me think about when I was um, writing my book about um, well, my books about uh, what you can do about type two diabetes, what you can do about um, high blood pressure and um Make sure you link those in the show notes. Okay, yeah, I will. And um, one thing that I remember writing, thinking while I was writing those books, and I'm pretty sure I wrote about it in both of them, is the fact that being um in and I don't I don't intend on taking us down a different path um with this, but you know, being black is considered a risk factor for both of those. Mm-hmm. Being black is considered a risk. Uh, risk factor for getting high, hypertension and for type two, sorry, type two diabetes. And, um, you know, I really have had, had and still have a big issue with that. Like for me, I'm like, so what in the world does that mean? Mm-hmm. So does that mean that literally there's something in our genetic makeup that means that makes it, um, makes us more likely to have those things, you know? And I think that's, that's just totally it just doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. but it just it it really is reflective um it really is reflective of how like we in our society with this health thing as 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 rich as we are in this country you know and as much science and stuff we have we we don't it's like we don't really look at root issues we don't there's not you know we don't really have like a a regular practice of going deep enough to kind of like actually resolve health issues Mm -hmm. to resolve them you know we talk about quote prevention with screenings and all that kind of stuff which screenings and all that kind of stuff are great but they're not prevention it's just like looking for it you know yeah it's more like preventing perhaps the the more serious impacts of the illness right right yeah but it's not preventing the illness right it's catching it early you know it's like almost like i don't know i won't say planning for it to come 
but surely not preventing it because prevention has to do, you know, I'm like, I actually just, you know, I just finished writing another book that I hopefully release here in the next month or so um, where I was writing about this. So it's very fresh in my mind, but like the way that you actually prevent something is to know about the different kind of things that contribute to developing that particular illness Mm -hmm. and like correcting making corrections you know so that those things aren't being done you know like with lifestyle lifestyle diseases you correct those aspects of lifestyle that's prevention you know but that's not what you really see us doing we don't do that you know we just don't you know and i've said the story before probably on this podcast and definitely on my other one how you know i was in my early 20s and went to the doctor's office and you know i mean i wasn't just totally just totally blown it health wise but i mean i wasn't you know not getting good sleep and eating so okay I, I, and it was a period of time where i wasn't really exercising very much i i wasn't overweight or anything um Thankfully, I haven't had any issues with that. Yeah, you've never been anywhere <laughs> close to overweight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I do believe. I don't know. I mean, I've I've always kind of been, even if I've had lows in my activity levels, you know, usually I kind of get back on it. You know, it's not it's never like excessively long periods of time. But anyhow, um, you know, I was nervous going to the doctor, and and the guy, the doctor came in. You know, I had had my blood pressure taken and um actually the reason why i was nervous going in there is because a couple of years before i had gone to the doctor and my blood pressure had um read pretty high i because i had gone to the doctor for some sort of concern or something like that and the nurse took my blood pressure there and was like "Mm, your blood pressure is high and i was like what and so that scared me even more and it planted a seed anyway fast forward to this other doctor's visit the doctor came in, he's like, well, the, you know, nurse took your blood pressure, said it's reading kind of high. You know, we can easily kind of, you know, go ahead and prescribe you with, you know, when he proceeded to list out medications. And, right. Sense. It doesn't make any sense. You know, and I am, um, you know, I've always kind of been a little averse to taking stuff ever since I was a kid. And I actually read the little papers that come with prescriptions <laughs> and it talked about, you know, I, you know, I actually was kind of interested in, interested in seeing and you would see, you know, side effects like, you know, uh, a liver disease, you know, um, I don't know, seizures, death, you know. And I, I, I used to get really concerned about that, you know. And um, so I would often kind of be like, okay, so do I really need this or not? But anyhow, the doctor was saying all that stuff. I was like, well, you know, I, I hadn't really been, you know, getting my exercise recently. Like, what about that? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that'll help too. And so it's like, um, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Like, what do, what do you mean that'll help too? Then he was like, basically he was like, I could just do that. But I think, I mean, of course, part of it, and I know people say, is that they say that people are actually, when they go to the doctor, they're actually looking for a quick fix. They're looking for the doctor to prescribe them with something. Fix me, doc. Right. So it's, but, but the thing is, it goes, it's, it's both sides though. You know, we have kind of been conditioned to like look for the pill. You know, there's a pill for this, there's a pill for that. So we can we kind of like are used to doing that. But then on the other hand, like 
you know, the way that we approach health, like to be honest, the medical industry, at least in, the, in my own personal experience and a lot of other people's experiences that I've heard, it kind of encourages that, you know, and, um, you know, and the thing is, say I started taking blood pressure medication. I'm not saying that there's no value to it because in the acute, in, in like a, I think short term, that kind of stuff is helpful to keep your body from being harmed. But at the same time, that's not gonna that's not gonna resolve high blood pressure. That's not you don't have high blood pressure because you didn't have pills to take. Right. Like right. it's like you say that. It's so true. I mean, that's how it is with everything. Mm-hmm. You weren't sick because you didn't have this medicine. The medicine right. is something that's used to try to ameliorate or to 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 re- reduce the symptoms. But it's not like the thing that was missing from your life all along. And so now we're just going to give that to you. That would be like a supplement. Mm -hmm. But medicine actually is making your body do something different. So it's like, it's not like I'm low in iron, so I'm getting iron. No, that's like I said, a supplement. Medicine is saying your blood pressure is high. So we're going to kind of rig your body to make it not have high blood pressure but it's it's like it's doing so much other stuff to your body mm-hmm. like and I, I didn't notice until recently when I started researching blood pressure medicines like for family just kind of looking into what it's doing that some some medications are they make your blood vessels dilate so that the there'll be less pressure on the walls of those vessels and so mm-hmm. the blood can flow more freely and then there's some that um dehydrate you or you know just do different things and it's like doing these you know manufacturing these systems has to have a negative impact on my body right at least it's it's just it's it's like at the least it's one thing moving so something else has to shift like every every um cause has an effect and every action has a reaction so like even if it seems harmless i'm just we're just dilating your blood vessels when you um manually (laughs) dilate someone's blood vessels so that more blood can flow through you're like making those blood vessels stretch in ways that they weren't created to do Mm -hmm. so it's gonna have an impact right right because they they would you know blood vessels would um expand you know other certain kind of ways according to how the body would normally do it you know so like you doing it the other way you know it's kind of like um yeah it has to, it has to, it has to have some sort of other other effect it can't it's not just like a it's more involved you know it's more than what meets the eye or whatever you know i mean short term maybe won't be as much of an issue but over time you know it has to cause some sort of issue you know it's, it's just like um diabetes and those medications what they do Mm -hmm. you know adding insulin to your body or making your pancreas work even harder um to pump insulin even though it's it's already working a lot of times real hard because a person's diet is so messed up and they have so much sugar in their blood that their pancreas is already going overdrive so you make it work even harder or you don't or you just kind of give somebody insulin or whatever so that they can continue to kind of like do what they're doing diet wise you don't fix it but your pancreas still 
you know, struggling or your body's not as sensitive anymore to all the insulin that's being pumped out. It's a temporary fix. Right. It's a temporary fix, you know. Um, but yeah, so, but those things have to, they have to cause issues. That's why you even have with a lot of times, a lot of times with these medications over time, people have to get different medications because mm-hmm. that's the, you know, the other dose or the particular method of, uh, blood pressure lowering or whatever it is if a person's dealing with that particular method wasn't working anymore the body got used to that and so now you got to move on to something else it's not it's not fixes it doesn't make well i don't know again you know i don't know i'm you know neither you or i are like anti-medicine or whatever i'm Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for medical advances and whatnot because no doubt that stuff saves lives but like when it comes to like actually healing Right. Illness and everything. It's like we don't we don't treat stuff at the root, so how can we actually heal? How can how can we do that? Yeah, it's I, I don't know. I feel like it's like a secret that or maybe it's like obvious and, and we just are oblivious to it. But I, I and, and let me just say this. I'm not knocking doctors at all because like Sean said, we we do utilize doctors and I do believe that they have a place like we need them. Mm-hmm. I think in particular with emergencies or at least kind of like you talking about someone with diabetes or high blood pressure, if they're like in a critical place, then we do need doctors to get them out of that place. But I think that doctors, it's it's kind of like one of the best kept secrets that, and I, I, I'm hesitant to say this, but I feel like doctors are not really, about improving your health Mm -hmm. they're about ameliorating your symptoms of different health conditions Mm -hmm. and and i don't say that to be disrespectful or to be you know to put them down and maybe that's something that like yeah we already know that that's we're not about that but it's just like it just baffles me Mm -hmm. and it really bothers me like i know for me myself i'll be transparent i went to the doctor and was told that I was pre-diabetic. Well, I wasn't told by the doctor. I would, I received a letter <laughs> saying mm-hmm. your numbers show that you're pre-diabetic. You would do better. You would do well to increase your exercise and eat better. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, all right, I will. And mm-hmm. I, I literally will because for me to be pre-diabetic is really like, no, this is not acceptable. But mm-hmm. like, where's the guidance? How can I... You know, if I knew how to eat better and exercise for, you know, for the most part, then perhaps I wouldn't have been sitting up in your office pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. So like some coaching, some direction, but for some reason that's not included. Like it's, it's the most obvious thing. Like, of course, if somebody is like at a risk of a heart attack because their blood pressure is so high, give them some medicine, get them out of that situation. But when do we say, why are they in this position Mm -hmm. and what can we do to fix it? Are they under undue stress? What can we do to relieve the stress? Are they eating properly? Are they exercising? Like there's just, that's just not part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why it's just not part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, there's and this is basic. This this is not like eating um, mango steam so that you can like have some kind of anti-cancer properties. Like that's that's the next level. What we're talking about is basic. Like 
you need to start eating them burgers and you need to eat some salads. Like, and here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's other supplements and things that pe- people be so quick to take some quercetin or some, like I said, mangosteen, but they still eating bad food on a general basis. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we got to like, we got to help people. People don't even know what to do. Right. All this stuff really kind of underscore, you know, sometimes I kind of wonder if we're asking too much of the, um, of the medical industry, you know, right. there's just like another piece that really needs to kind of be put in there. Um, anyhow, I don't want to go down that road. The main thing is That's like, a good point, though. it really, um, it really underscores the fact that you as an individual have to be very serious about your health. You have to take care of yourself because like the way that, um, the way that our system is kind of constructed, you know, again, it's not necessarily, necessarily, conducive to kind of helping you to live a healthy lifestyle i mean you know there's some information that's given but um there you know we got plenty of stuff out there to help us destroy our bodies like all the fast food and convenience store food and you know energy drinks and all that kind of stuff they'll tear your body up mm-hmm. but then it's like if you just kind of keep on going all you do is going to end up in that whole cycle with medical this and pharmaceutical that and and no habits change, but you really have to learn to be responsible for your own health. Um, because if you're not, to be honest, um, you know, no one else really will be. Mm-hmm. It's just not the way that our society is kind of constructed. You know, there was something else I was going to say on that I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I don't know that. I don't know. Obviously, you know, with you, we, we talk about this stuff pretty regular so kind of preaching to the choir but like um but yeah you got to be responsible for your health and you you really have to like not you have to not take for granted even if you feel okay now or even if you're taking something now and you feel like you're you know you're okay from something you know you really need to get to the root of whatever your health issues are oh wow but um you know you got to take responsibility for your own health yep so we're going to go ahead and end it at that. Um, join us. This is not just us telling you. It's a journey we're both on as well. So let's let's get our ourselves to our best health. All right, y'all. Y'all take care. All right. Pursuing Wholeness is a Back to Basics Health and Wholeness podcast with theme music produced by Life on 